Hello and welcome to this edition of SSI Live. My name is John Denny and I'm a research professor of National Security Studies here at the Strategic Studies Institute, or the SSI, at the U.S. Army War College. It's Friday, June 2nd, and today I'm joined by Lieutenant Colonel Anna Navarro, a resident student here at the Army War College. Anna and her peers have just completed a major research study here at the War College under the direction of my SSI colleague, Dr. Tony Echeverria, on whether the U.S. Army is prepared for a great power war. Specifically, the research team has spent the last nine months examining issues surrounding the expansibility of our Army in the event of a great power war involving the United States. Now, this is the latest in a series of podcasts that we're doing on this interdisciplinary student-faculty research team led by Dr. Echeverria. Now, Anna's part of the project focused specifically on mobilization force generation installations for the reserve component, and I've asked her to join us today to talk to us about her part of the broader research study. So, Anna, welcome. Thank you. Anna, let me ask you first, can you tell us about your specific part of the broader research study? Why did you examine the Mobilization Force Generation Installations, or MFGIs? Well, if a great power war were to break out, obviously reserve component forces will be required because a lot of the early response forces, particularly in the sustainment arena, those capabilities reside only in reserve component and active component. So an assumption is if a great power war were to break out, the MFGIs would be used for both active component and reserve component. Right now, it's primarily reserve component. So my focus is the initial mobilization of forces, reserve component will be going through MFGIs while the active component will mobilize out of the major installations that they're stationed at. And so the reason why I looked at it is because a lot of the early response forces that reside only in a reserve component will require to go through an MFGI, and a rapid expansion of those MFGIs must take place because there are 25 located um, here in uh, the continental U.S., but only two are active at this time. Before we get into your findings and analysis, let me ask you to take a step back first and define for us what are these MFGIs? What, what are these, th- how, how are these installations different from other installations, for example? MFGIs are used primarily to conduct pre-mobilization activities for reserve component forces deploying overseas. And so the main component there, the main activity that will take place at the MFGIs for reserve units are the collective training exercise, the culminating training event that will then deem them validated for deployment as a unit. So that's what MFGIs are for, is primarily to train reserve units for deployment. Okay, so in the event of a Great Power War, these facilities are going to be critical to the Army being prepared to do what it needs to do. Absolutely. Can you tell us a bit now about the findings of your research? What did your analysis reveal? Well, as stated earlier, I found that there are actually 25 existing MFGIs located across the continental U.S., with two installations being Fort Bliss and Fort Hood, Texas, um, being active at this time. There were more um, active during Operation uh, Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom, but as we drawn down forces, it's down to two active installations. And um, what I found um, in a nutshell, really, is that there is no plan 
uh, for a full mobilization, let alone a total mobilization, which would be required um, if we if a great power war would break out. Um, I also found that the MFGI's um, capacity and expansibility are unknown at this time, but the Army is in the process of assessing the capacity of the MFGI's, and when that capacity is determined, the expansibility will then be assessed. So right now, there's no plan in place, but they're in the process of collecting this information. So if engaged in a fight tonight, the Army would be able to expand MFGI's effectively because the Army always makes it happen. But efficiency would be minuscule as we experience in Operation Iraqi Freedom. And the friction point is the initial expansion on order, especially mobilization of the Army's early response forces, the AERF, the Reserve Component Forces, with latest arrival dates with an early response. So it is integral to, de to determine which MFGI should be activated first and at what sequence, what units are required to serve as enablers at the installations, and where should training equipment sets be prepositioned today. What are some of the recommendations that you came up with to try to overcome some of those hurdles? Well, there are multiple programs related to assessing the expansibility of MFGIs today with little to no integration or synchronization. So currently, the U.S. Army Forces Command, FORCECOM, is uh, using war plans as the baseline to assess MFGI's capacity. And there are other initiatives using other documents as a baseline. So one recommendation is to merge all planning efforts in accordance with FORCECOM's baseline, the war plans, and then FORCECOM serving as the lead integrator. And um, that leads to my second recommendation is that um, the war plans time phase deployment data should be used, especially war plans that call for uh, a robust army requirement. And looking at the sourcing solutions for the war plans should be assessed, focusing on the early response forces that reside in the reserve component. And then using this information, then the sequence of MFGI, MFGI location expansion and enabler requirements and, and everything that goes along with expanding rapidly could then be determined along with coordinating with MCOM, um, the Installation Management Command, wargame it, and then move on to executing two war plans at the same time and then look at um, the expansibility from there. So, so my second recommendation is to look at the war plans to have a deliberate plan on exactly where to throw the money at quickly to initially mobilize forces and then my third recommendation is that army-wide mobilization must be understood as a priority. So I recommend conduct mobilization as an army war fighting challenge to designate it as an army war fighting challenge because given General Milley's focus on readiness, designated mobilization as an army, army war fighting challenge, then it'll stimulate the focus on this challenge. Well, Anna, let me ask you to summarize. In terms of the Army's efforts to increase the expansibility of the mobilization force generation installations, what would you say our audience needs to view as the key takeaway from your work? You're, you're part of this broader study. 
I would say to prepare the army to fight a great power war, it is imperative to plan and exercise the rapid mobilization of our forces to get them to the fight and win. And that is to look at the MFGIs and ensure we have a plan in place. Lieutenant Colonel Ana Navarro, a very interesting aspect to this broader study that you've uh, contributed here. One of the research and writing team members on the forthcoming War College study in Great Power War. Thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Listeners, if you'd like to read the study on Great Power War, keep your eyes on the SSI website. That's ssi.armywarcollege.edu, where it'll be published early this month and available to download for free. You can now find SSI Live on TuneIn Radio and on popular podcast directories like Stitcher and at the iTunes Store. If you have any comments on our podcast, thoughts on what you'd like to see addressed, or a response to something you heard here at SSI Live, go to our website. Again, that's ssi.armywarcollege.edu. Find me, John Denny, in the staff directory, and send me an email. I look forward to hearing from you. For the SSI Live podcast series, I'm John Denny. Thanks for listening.